want to appreciate God for his grace, for his mercy. We ought to understand Christ as our foundation. The Bible says, if the foundation is destroyed, what can the righteous do? There's a foundation that we have to hold on to, and this foundation is Jesus Christ. Jesus is our foundation. And whatever you do, it has to be grounded on that foundation. The foundation that cannot be shaken. Remember the story in the Bible of two men that built their houses. One built their house on the rock. Another one built their house on sand. But they were all builders. And they, I'm sure they used the same material. But when the storm came, it tested what they had built and on whose foundation they had built on. When the storm comes, we shall know what foundation you are building on. When you build on the foundation of Christ, it doesn't matter what happens in your life. It doesn't matter where you, where, whether you lose your marriage. It doesn't matter whether you lose your job. It doesn't matter whatever circumstance, whether you lose your child, whether you lose your husband or wife, whether you lose that precious thing that you hold on to, your faith will still be seen. We shall not see complaining. We shall not hear words that come out of you and wonder, is this person a believer or not? But because you build on that foundation, Christ is the one that gives us the solutions of life. He's the one that shows you the direction to go. He's the one that will guide you in each and everything. As long as you build, choose. Actually, it's a choice that you make to build on him as our foundation. Our pastor has been taking us through this sermon series, The Foundations. And we are still digging to find out how we can build again on this foundation because we have to stand on the foundation of Christ. And last Sunday, we were so privileged to have Apostle Dr. Bunjo. He took us, he took the house down. Eh? The man told us we must grow. If you're still a child in the house, I'm sorry. I don't know what to do to for you. you. You need to grow. We are no longer children. We don't need milk anymore. We have to stand. We, we no longer need to be crying. Do you know what children do? They cry. They are always like wanting what the other person has. They are throwing tantrums all the time. And we can no longer be children anymore. We must grow to a place of maturity. And that's when we shall take dominion in the kingdom. If you want to dominate in the house of God, if you want to dominate in the world, because creation is waiting for you and me to manifest. And if you're going to manifest and take rule, leadership and rulership over this world, you must show that you are a true son of God. And today, as we continue to dig into the foundation, we are going to talk about repentance from dead works. Hallelujah. Are we still there? Yes. So we talk about repentance. Don't think about 
repentance as confessing you're going to the person next to you and telling them I think I killed someone no repentance from dead works it's really different because uh, as we continue you're going to see how much all of us need repentance it's not some of us all of us need it because it's one of those that will help us build on this foundation Let's go to Hebrews uh, chapter 6, verse 3. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles uh, of Christ, let us go to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from works and of faith toward God, of doctrine, of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of uh, re resurrection of the dead, and of the eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. We are laying the foundation. This is one of the foundations that uh, are elementary. The beginning principles that in church we must be over. Like it should not be, or like it should be, we should be done with it already. But we must go back to the foundations because. According to the previous scripture, it says that we are requiring milk again. I, want, I don't want to go back to the last Sunday's sermon. Because we are still children, we, we need to go back to the foundations and the principles. Uh, but the Bible tells us we, we should not lay again the foundation of repentance from dead works. What does this mean? There are two kinds of people that need this repentance from dead works. And both these people have one thing in common. They do not take the, the accomplishments of Christ or what Christ has done through the, the, the life and the death and the resurrection as a significant thing in their lives. So every time you look at what Christ has done and you feel it's not enough, you need to repent from dead works because you start working to fulfill whatever else Christ would have done to make you perfect. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Every time you look at whatever Christ has done and you feel, mm, it's not enough. If he forgave me, ah, I don't think he did enough. I need to forgive myself a little bit more. Just know you have gone back to dead works and you need to repent. So, there, every time we do that, we are trampling the Son of God underfoot. Like taking the blood that he has poured, the blood that sanctified us as a common thing. You're taking whatever Christ has done as nothing. So, you don't take serious the matters of sanctification, the matters of the cross, you're like, ah, he did it, but we need to do some more. So, before we look at these two people, let's look at repentance. First and foremost, uh, we are given a call to this repentance. And everyone needs to enter repentance in order to enjoy and uh, walk in the Christian life that Christ has put in place. When Christ started the ministry, he first calls us. I remember when John is uh, 
baptizing people. What is John saying? He went on preaching the gospel according to Mark 1, uh, 14 to 15. Uh, he was standing and say, he said these words, this time, come and repent. When Jesus came, he started there. He said, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe on the gospel. Those are the two things that John and Jesus came preaching. If it wasn't important, Jesus wouldn't have, to have talked about it as much. But because it's one of those first principles as Christians, we should know and walk in. That's why Jesus emphasizes it. He comes and says, come, repent, and believe on me. Because if repentance is leaving what you have been doing and coming to doing another thing. You cannot say you have repented and continue doing the same thing you have been doing. The moment the Holy Spirit was given to the church, the apostles, when they were in Acts 1.37, these, these are the words they said, men and, and brethren, what shall we do? When Peter stands up and, and, and preaches, the people stand and, and ask, what can we do? And this is what Peter says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that was one of the things they had to do we therefore see all these first steps as we enter into the Christian life repentance being number one yet we must be clear to understand what repentance means in the New Testament and one of the biggest fight as Christians, we keep abandoning these small, small things eh? and em that help us embrace the, the truth. If we are going to repent, we cannot be confused. There's a, a difference, like Pastor Martha was saying, there's a difference between confession and repentance. Confession is repenting or talking about the things you have done and asking for forgiveness. Repentance is turning away from the wrong thing and doing the right thing. I hope I'm not confusing you. But when you go on to notice whatever Jesus and the apostles are talking about, they are not talking about repentance from sins. They are instructing us to repent and to change our minds from what we have been believing to something new that has come. And that was Jesus Christ. The New Testament repentance is mostly about repentance from dead works. And the dead works, I will not talk about them so much, but I will explain a little bit that, that dead works is really doing things that make you right. Like, like you're trying to make, do things in your life that make you right with God. Yet Christ has already done it. In other words, you are repeating that process and making it harder for yourself. Hallelujah. So this second person, I told you two people, the second person that must repent from this work or dead work is this person who um, is always looking at what the things that are in Christ as not important to them. They are in danger because they, they seem like they are working towards God but they are not making progress. When I used to break 
the things and hide them. For example, I don't want to tell you the full story, but there's a time in my life where I used to wash dishes, but every time I could break one of those things and hide it somewhere. Yeah. I could get, for example, a flask. You know how those long-time flasks, eh? <laughs> you break it and then get a place and hide it. And we had a shop where we could get things and every end of month she could go and pay. Yeah, so I could go and get another flask and replace it. It has to be blue with a white cover or like, yes, you have to be specific because you don't want your sister to, to realize that you broke it. So I walked into that thing for some good time, not realizing that one day, at the end of the month, my sins will be revealed. <laughs> so the most dangerous place you can ever be at is when you take your own salvation into your own hands. And you say, I can do this. I don't need Jesus to help me. Like that girl who was breaking things. She thought she can handle. She doesn't need to go and talk to her sister about the issue. It took some time, but one day, by the grace of God, I'm still alive. So you have to understand that God hates sin. You can no longer be in sin and repeat the sin, repeat the sin because you know you can handle your sin. You have to reach a point where you surrender your sin to God and let Christ work in your life. The gospel of Christ calls us to look at Jesus as the author and the finisher of our faith. He did it like when we were starting, we talked about this, that there is something that Jesus did. The Lamb of God was slain from the foundation of the earth. He took our sins. He gave us forgiveness. He gave us the remission of sins. And he, Jesus Christ, is God's perfect sacrifice or lamb. There's no other sacrifice you can give to take away your sins. And we must always look at Jesus and seize from all the other works we are doing because it doesn't matter how good you are. I remember we were in, a, I was in a, in a school, but there were a lot of Catholics around. And every time they used to fast, certain fasts. This month I'm fasting from TV, I'm fasting from meat. I'm fasting from... And you're asking them, why are you fasting? You know, I have to be good before God. I don't want to talk about our other brothers, but we have many of those that fast to make themselves right or good before God. But just as we were endorsed into Adam's sin, because when Adam sinned, that sin was put upon us. The same way, when Christ died, that righteousness he came with was endorsed on us. And we can no longer 
do the things to get that righteousness again. Because if you have stepped out of grace, it doesn't mean the righteousness is taken away. The righteousness of God is still standing in its place. And it's up to you and me to go back and embrace what Christ has done. It doesn't mean it's going to go back to the cross. So the question to you, my brother and sister, which of these two people do you think you run to sometimes when life presses you towards the wall? Where do you think you run to most of the times? Do you run to the one who says, ah, the grace is sufficient, I will be fine. Oh, this second person who says, I can handle this. I don't need the grace. In your heart, sometimes you're wrestling. Me, me too. I'm wrestling sometimes to accept this truth of the foundation that Christ has laid for me. And as a person, you always want to labor and work something out. But every time you look at the sacrifice that Jesus has done and you fail to understand what he has done you have gone back in the dead works and the bible tells us we must repent from those dead works from the things you think can make you right because every time you try to make yourself right you are disgracing the grace of god you are reducing whatever christ has done into something very unnecessary. And Christ looks at you and says, sinner. That's the only time that Christ sees you as a sinner because you are not standing in his blood. You are not standing in what Christ has done. You are laying your own foundation. And I wonder what kind of house that would be. Do you understand? A strong one. But when the wind comes, when the storm comes, what kind of foundation? The fire. Yes. Because many of us build using the paper, using straws, using hay. Oh, do you know hay? The grass searched house. Eh? Imagine if, if the fire comes. What would remain standing? Jesus has done something that no other man should ever do. If your mother or your father tells you that because I gave birth to you, because I did this for you, that's why you are what you are. We do not say that that is wrong, but there is a side of it that says, my dear, if it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't be here. But because Jesus has done something to lay this firm foundation, we must understand that he has already qualified us to be partakers in the inheritance that we have in God. So if you are not, if you're not looking at yourself as a qualified person, I'm sorry, I'm going to be repeating this thing until it enters us. Because that's our, like, that is the thing. If you do not understand that, then... We shall continue on this foundation, this elementary teaching. Until we, we, we have digested it, we, we have, maybe the milk has satisfied us, and, and we are like, and now, now I'm growing. I need some solid food. 
Because my dear brothers and sisters, Christ has done something that you and I, even if we try to work hard at it and accept doing all these things that we think will be pleasing to God, we can never stand in the place that Jesus is standing in. You can never be before God and Christ looks at you as the Lamb of God. No way. He gave his one and only son. That's what the Bible says. And that one and only son cannot be replaced by you and me. It doesn't matter the sin you do. The problem is not looking at the sin. And I'm not telling you you should be doing the sin that you are doing. But Christ says... I did something for you. Can you accept? Can you look at me? And when you look at Christ, he, he gives you the power to overcome the sin that you have been operating in for a long time. But every time you look at the sin and try to work in your own strength to overcome the sin, then you are empowering the sin and you can never get out of that sin. I have so many friends who I preach to, and they tell me, my dear, I tried those things and I failed. So I, 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 I gave up. But every time you try, the problem is in the word, trying. Don't try. Don't try. Because every time you try, it means you are putting in your energy. You're putting in your strength. You are replacing what Jesus can do. Because instead of trying, you should be like, hey, I will surrender. That's the other word. So if you don't try, you surrender. If you don't try, if you're trying, you're working. And every time you're working, those are dead works. And last time, Pastor told us that those, when God looks at those works that you're doing, it's filthy. I don't want to explain the word filthy. But women, eh? when you go through that monthly good, hmm? that thing that you use, it is filthy. And when God looks at you and me, working out our salvation, doing the things that we do to make ourselves right and perfect before God, he looks at us as those rugs. He looks at whatever we do as those rugs, and we cannot be pleasing to God. And God, this morning, Jesus is calling us again to look at his sacrifice, to look at what he did on the cross, to look at what he gave so that we may receive the adoption as sons of God. Because every time you become a son before the presence of God, that's when you can qualify to take dominion in the kingdom of God. He can trust you with more because you have proven that you have stood on that foundation. You are no longer standing on your own because maturity, we learned some time back that maturity means following. Maturity means that you are willing to let someone else lead you. The only person who is mature is one who will accept another to let him, like to lead him to the right direction. And uh, my question is this morning, have you allowed Christ to lead you? 
Have you surrendered to him that he can lead you wherever he wants? Oh, every time you sin or do something wrong, you go back and condemn yourself. You go back into the filthy unrighteousness. All the works that count into dead works. My brothers and sisters, this is what my prayer is. That we may understand what Christ has done. That we will stop excusing and explaining and defending our lives. But bring whatever we have before Christ and tell him, Father, I have failed. I have done whatever I can. I can no longer perfect myself. I can no longer overcome this sin that is so much entangles me. But now I surrender to you. You alone can make me perfect. You alone can put me right before God. You alone can help me to carry the cross and I bear it because in this world we cannot live in our strength hallelujah hallelujah come on say because of Jesus and by Jesus I have been given a right standing before God I am perfected in God say these words with me I have, I have been perfected with God I, I no longer need to work out my life to be perfect with God. Christ has done it all. Hey, thank you, Lord. My prayer is that we will stop the religious practices. Many times the things that we went, we, we went through as we were growing up end up defining our whole life and history. Because they told you, you must do this to become this. So you continue doing that. But when we come in Christ, it's a new culture and we need to change our mindset and enter into the culture that Christ has set for us. He has set a new route and we can no longer stand on the old foundation. This is the foundation that Christ is calling us. He has already built the foundation. Please don't build another foundation. Jesus covered our sins. I want to read that first scripture in Romans 10. Romans 10, 1 to 4. Are we there? All right, let's read together. Christ is the end of the what? For righteousness to everyone who? Have you believed in Jesus Christ? Have you all believed in Jesus Christ? Do you believe that he gave us his righteousness? Then why are you working out of making, actually, making another foundation for yourself? In verse 3, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness 
and seeking to establish their own. You name yourself as an establisher. You're like, um, these things of Jesus, I don't understand, but me, I can do it. As you establish your righteousness, just know you have not submitted to the righteousness of God if you establish your own righteousness. But according to what Christ has done, Christ is the end of the law. Step out of the law. Step out of working. Step out of your own righteousness and submit to what Christ has done for you. Let's stand up on our feet. As I'm speaking these words, I want you to think about your life and the things you have been going through. For we are the circumcision who worship God in spirit and in truth. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in your flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the, in the flesh, I more so circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law, and a Pharisee concerning the zeal of persecuting the church and concerning the righteousness which is the law and blameless. But what things are there for me to gain? This I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus for whom I have suffered loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be founded in him not having my own righteousness which is from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering that being conformed to his death, if by any means I may, I, I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. That is Paul telling us that he had so many things he had done, so many things he would have boasted in because he was perfect, but he counted everything as loss for the sake of Christ because Christ is the perfecter of our faith. He perfects us. So today I want us to repent and declare that God, I have been working out. If you have been in that place, I want you to declare a new journey. I want you to declare that the foundation I have been building on, God, I, I am done. Because it's tiring, it's, it's exhausting. But when you rest in Christ Jesus, you get the rest that is eternal. Hallelujah. Let's declare this morning. Let me have the worship team here.